Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Today to the book of... of... The book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Acts 10, 1 and 2. What a sweet presence of the Lord that is here in this house. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 and 2 reads, There was a certain man of Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Seems to me in this scripture, he was a very good man. He was a very good man, and that is very true. To be able to uh, do the things that he did was coming from his heart, of course. And uh, what a good-hearted man. I'm going to preach to you on this subject, clarity and closeness. Clarity and closeness. Turn to somebody near you, uh, give them a hug, give them a handshake, give them a smile. And you never know, that smile might just make their week this week. Praise God, praise God. It's good to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Hugs. Praise God. We need one another. Amen. Clarity and closeness. Matter of fact, as you gave someone a smile, gave them a hug, gave them a handshake, whatever, uh, you were you were getting close to them, and we uh, really don't have a good clarity of who people are without us getting close. And a close uh, friendship, close relationship, uh, close appreciation for them and their qualities and things, and thank the Lord for that. But it's the same thing with God. We can't uh, fully understand all the things about God uh, until we get closer to Him. And I feel like that all of us here uh, which it's a good thing. I, I'm glad that we're growing in God and we're trying to get closer to God, and I feel like that's where we're at as a church body and as individuals. We're all trying to get closer to the Lord. But I do realize, you know, it doesn't matter how long we've lived for the Lord, 
there is always um, a desire and always a need for us to even get closer to him and learn more about him. That's the reason why it's so vital, so very important for us to take the word of God and to read the scriptures and find out everything about the Lord. This word right here is God's will for our lives. And uh, it's important for us to understand the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, and how much he cares about us. And I think sometimes we don't always understand that. If we could really dig deep into the experiences in God, we can understand how much he loves each and every one of us. None of us excluded. He is a God of love and mercy and grace. But there is clarity and closeness. And um, I know that uh, I, I would like to ask the question here today, has, has anybody thought this week about eternity? Yeah, you, know, you don't have to raise your hand, but uh, you just have to kind of evaluate it in your own mind and heart. How many of us have, have really stopped and thought about eternity and that the Lord could come today or this past week and that we could stand before God and uh, give an account of our lives. We have to, of course, keep that in front of us. And it's not for us to fear by any means, but it's the purpose of it is for us to draw closer to the Lord because we must make ourselves ready. Amen? Very, very important, very vital. And uh, we will deal with it one day. We will stand before God. It's important for us to take every day and realize that I need more of God. And as you get closer to the Lord, you're going to see more about the quality and greatness of his love, mercy, and grace. You're going to see a lot greater things in the Lord. Uh, because the closer you get to him, the more you're going to understand him. Amen? Now, I also realize that you can only... Uh, you know, we have 24 hours in a day, and I realize, too, that we can get to a point in our life that we beat ourselves up because we can't pray 28 hours a day. You know what I'm talking about? But we do uh, draw closer to the Lord in, in, in relationship, and every step we take to get closer to the Lord, uh, the Lord is not wanting us to beat ourselves up. He wants us to be able to just crave more of him, just to be in his presence, just to know more about him, just to love him more. And uh, when we stand before God in judgment, of course, we must make sure that we are ready and to give a good report and not excuses because, trust me, all of us have made excuses for something or another. Excuses are not going to be worth anything at that point. You know what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, excuses a lot of times, I mean, there's some good excuses, but there's times that some excuses are really uh, not uh, really worth anything, I should say. You know, we've all done that. I've done that. I've made excuses at times. I stopped and thought, you know, what, what, I could have made it. I could have made a way. I could have corrected that. I could have fixed that. You know, we're all, we're all human. We're all in the same boat. We, we, we're just trying to, trying to uh, live our life, but the key is to get closer to the Lord, to get closer to the Lord. But you see, in the world we live in, in society, society has actually um, 
attempted to change the meaning of what is good and bad. And we see that in the scripture. Um, Isaiah 5 and 20 and 21 reads this. Listen to what it says here in Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil. That put darkness for light, and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. Doesn't that sound like our world that we live in today? We're dealing with this, and I know several years ago, and I, I, I feel like that what Sister Burke, me and my, my wife have not been talking about what we're going to preach or teach, but some of the things that she was talking about today, are, uh, I was, it's kind of fitting in with what I'm preaching today in this service. But you see, the world is trying to make things uh, completely opposite of what is really uh, truth. Now, we could take it and twist it around. We could actually fall into the same trap and believe everything that society is trying to present to us, that what is good is bad, what's bad is good, what's darkness is light, what's light is darkness, uh, and, and put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. We, we could look at all of that and think that we're right in our own eyes, but the Bible says, woe unto them that do that. But as far as the church is concerned, I, I feel like that God is wanting us to draw closer to him so that we can understand more about who he really is and how much he really does care about us, how much he really does love us. And we all individually have to stop and think about that, that the Lord is there for us. But there are, I've read, and I won't go into all the details of this, but there are staggering statistics of the lifestyle of even people that, that claim to be Christians uh, there's staggering um, statistics on how people are living and how the world has just made it look like it's okay, that God's okay with this. But yet we've got to stop and think, uh, if it's not in the Word of God, it's not okay with God. The things that are in the Word that are good, that's, He's good with that. The things in this book uh, that, are, that are bad, He's bad with that. <laughs> I don't guess that's the right way to say it, but He doesn't like it. We really got to stop and think that, that uh, you know, God hates sin, not because he wants you to not have fun for us in life and have fun and, and enjoy life. No, that's not what it's all about. He hates sin because sin, the wages of sin is death. And he knows that if we sin, that, he, that, that it's going to affect our eternity. He hates sin because it hurts those that he loves. You know what I'm talking about? It hurts those that he loves. Sin is going to keep us from a heavenly place. So we've got to stop and think about it. The whole thing about God, it's all about uh, uh, helping those that he loves, his creation, his souls, his people. He loves us. He cares about us. And that's important. So when we stop and think about it, he wants us to enjoy life. Matter of fact, what the flesh thinks enjoyment of life only lasts for a season, the Bible says, and then when the season's over with, there is heartache, there's pain, there's struggle, there, there's, there's difficulties. But you see, what God is trying to say to us today is if we draw closer to him, we're going to find 
more happiness than what we've ever found before in the flesh. If we draw close to him, we can see the, the goodness and the mercy of the love. He wants us to step up to a higher level in our walk with God because there's greater things than what we've experienced. But we can't expect to truly know God at a distance. We can't expect to truly know one another at a distance. We can't truly understand the love, mercy, and grace of God until we draw close to him. Closeness is where relationships flourish. Closeness is where, where uh, uh, friendships are bonded together. Uh, closeness is where we find a common ground with one another. You see, in, in our walk with God, it's important for us to go to the word of the Lord and learn about what God wants for our lives, the truth of salvation in Acts 2.38, uh, the, the, the truth of the, of the word of God, the truth uh, of teaching of the boundaries of God and holiness and living for the Lord and to teach us about the deep relationship with God. God doesn't want us to have a distant relationship. He wants us to have a closeness because in a closeness that's clarity and you understand more about God than you ever have before. I know I've lived for the Lord for a long time. Some of you have lived for God a lot longer than I have. But the thing about it, we never stop learning about God. We, we, we cannot, as long as we walk upon this earth, we're not going to understand everything about God, but we understand a little here, a little there, and we continue to get closer to him, and he begins to real, reveal more and more to us. We need him. We need one another. We need the kingdom of God. We need the word of God. Don't let society deceive you into thinking that the ways of the world are right and the ways of the church and the ways of the word of God is wrong. I realize that there is a lot of deception in our world, but this book, this word, as we dig into it and we get closer to the Lord, we find out how much more joy and peace and happiness we can find. But the world wants to drag us into a place of, of uh, deception. I know that God is coming very soon and there is a cry that goes out from God today to those that he loves. Be ready. Get your life ready. Make the right decisions. Live according to the word of God. There was a, uh, uh, a, a true story uh, there in 1981. There was a radio station that reported in Minnesota a true story. They were sending out a message and this message went out to all the people uh, in their area because they were trying to find the man uh, that was a thief that stole a vehicle in California. And they were trying to find him. And they, the police were staging an intense search for this vehicle and the driver, even to the point of placing announcements on local radio stations around the United States of America because they were trying to reach him and contact the thief. And, but, but here's the main reason is for this, not just to recover the car that was stolen, but because on the passenger seat next to the driver's seat was a box of crackers. And in this box of crackers, uh, these box of crackers were laced with poison. And they sat on the seat next 
to the thief that stole the car and they were trying to find the man as quickly as they could because these crackers were very enticing for someone to just reach over and grab one of them and eat it. But the whole purpose was for them to reach him because in this vehicle, which was a VW Bug, um, it, it was, they were more interested in, in trying to save the thief's life than anything else. So they sent out the message. They sent out the cry to try to reach him. And of course, he was probably thinking, they're just trying to deceive me and they're trying to catch me and they're trying to throw me in jail. But not, that wasn't the purpose. It was trying to save his life. Because we reached over and grabbed it. The man that had owned the, the VW Bug, he, he laced those with, uh, with uh, poison because he was going to use those to catch some rats around his property. And uh, uh, he had them in the seat of his car when the car was stolen. You see, when you look at this, there is, there is a, a, a cry that goes out, not to hurt you, not to destroy you. The cry of the Word of God is going out to save your life. The cry of God is going out today to help you find greater peace and greater happiness and greater victory in your life because you see God is sending a message out to all of us. He's not trying to deceive you. He's not trying to put you in a place that you cannot enjoy life. Trust me, when you give it to the Lord, you're going to enjoy life far greater than what you could ever enjoy life without Him. Amen. We see that even in uh, a, 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 a theater, the story goes uh, in 1990 that the Danish philosopher uh, Kierkegaard tells of a parable of a theater where a variety show was proceeding. And each show was more fantastic as they went along. The next show was more fantastic than... The play was more fantastic, and the, the com comedy that they were giving was even better than the one before. So it kept getting better and better and better. And then they came to a point where the, where the, the manager of the theater came out, and he stood on the stage between one of the sets, and he began to explain to the people in the audience uh, that uh, the, for them to leave the building. because there was a fire in the building. And the audience thought it was another comedy and thought, hey, that's pretty good. It's even getting better. And, and so as he pleaded, he, he was making a plea to the people in that theater. He was saying, we need to leave everyone out. They began to clap and cheer because they thought it was funny. He was not trying to amuse them. He was not trying to uh, uh, deceive them. He was trying to save their life. And because they didn't believe the cry that was going out of what was going on, because of that, many people died in that theater fire because they thought that they were just being deceived. You see, the cry is going out today. The cry is going out because the world is in a position today where, as I mentioned the scripture in Isaiah, uh, what's good to the world is being called bad, and what's bad is being called good. The things that are in this book, they say, is bad because it's controlling our lives. It's affecting our lives. 
the Word of God is trying to hold us back from having fun. No, I, I tell you, I've been on both sides of, uh, of life, before the Word and after the Word. But when I came and gave my life to the Lord, I found what I thought, before I thought I found happiness, I thought I found true joy, I thought I found true victory, but when I finally came to the word of the Lord and heard the word preached and I obeyed the word of God, I finally found out what true happiness is. I finally found out what true joy is in my life. I finally found out what true victory is. And it doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means... There's a better way of life. And God is sending out the cry, but sometimes we cower down and say, oh, it's trying to hold me back from doing things. Matter of fact, there are college professors today that say to their classes that the, that, that the Christians and the churches are holding society back. Yes, it is. It's holding society back from darkness. It's holding society back from death. It's holding society back from, from eternal judgment. That's what the word of the Lord is trying to do. It's not trying to deceive anybody. But there is life in God. There is light in God. There is salvation in God. There is power in God. There is victory in God. You can overcome with the help of God. Amen. You can. You can overcome. You can find victory. Amen. And in this story in the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 1 through 6, uh, there was a certain man of Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, a very devout man. He was, I, I look at that, he was very devout probably to his family. He was very devout to what type of work that he did. He was devout to uh, evidently the things of God because he feared God, the Bible says, and one that feared God and all his house. He even taught his house how to fear God and how to love God and how to fear the things of God. So he was, he was very devout to things that he did. He gave, I look at it like he gave his heart to it. He gave his life to it. He, he gave everything to it because he loved and cared. He had a good heart and uh, uh, one that feared God with all his house. It even says that which gave much alms to the people. He cared about people. He cared about those that were hungry. He cared about those that had, didn't have a house to live in. He, he cared about those that didn't have uh, 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 proper clothes to wear. He cared and he gave alms to them and helped them, those that were in need. That was a good man. That was a good heart. Uh, and he prayed to God always, the Bible says. In his fear of God, he prayed. He prayed to God. He, he talked to the Lord. I don't know what conversations he had, but with him being a devout man, he gave his heart to the things of the Lord, and he was drawn to that. But yet the Lord was trying to say to him, you've got to come a little closer. You, you've got a lot of things right. You pray. You pray. You give alms to people. You help people in need. You're very, very devout. You've taught your family to fear God. You've taught your family to, to, to love the things of God. You're very devout. You've got a good heart. But the Lord was saying to him, and I believe it's because he did have a good heart, he was saying to Cornelius, I want you to come closer to me 
because I want you to learn more of me. Now, he could have said, not going to do that. He could have stopped there, but it says that he began to see in a vision, in verse 3, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius, an angel of God. That would probably shock us to death. We'd probably die right there. An angel calls our name. <laughs> and we hear this voice, and it was a vision, of course, evidently. It said in verse 3, saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid. He was human. In a lot of people's eyes, Cornelius looked like the perfect example in life and in his world, but the Lord looked at it like he is a good man, he's a great man, he's devout, but I want to show him more of who I really am. I want to show him more of my love. I want to show him more of my mercy. I want to show him more of my grace. I want to show him more of my compassion. I want to show him more of my glory, which when the Lord revealed, and I've talked about this before, when the Lord revealed his glory to Moses, the Bible says uh, in, in, in definition that the glory was his goodness. It was his goodness. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. <clears throat> he lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. You see, Cornelius was connected in a lot of ways. His prayers went up to heaven. Our prayers are going up to heaven. They're making a connection with God. That's a good thing. But our sight is short-sighted if we're not drawing closer to him. There's so much God wants to reveal to us. There's so much, and I'm not just talking about a few people. I'm talking about everybody in this building. Amen. God doesn't want us to be short-sighted. He wants us to see further than what we could ever see. It was, it was written in an article, uh, uh, Evangelist Billy Walked was his name. He told a story of the city fathers of the, of the city of New York when they first founded New York. You know what we think about New York? Uh, New York, New York. We think about uh, the city that never goes to sleep. You know, we think about that city where people are walking all over the place. A lot of people in New York don't even, don't even uh, own cars. They just, they just walk to the place, ride a subway, and, and uh, because cars, they don't even have a place to park them. But there's Millions and millions of people there in New York. And uh, uh, I was teasing Sister uh, Jen the other day because she's from Connecticut. And uh, I just went on Ancestry.com with a DNA test and found out that some of my family is from Virginia and, and in New York area. Also found out some very important facts that 58% that, uh, uh, is from England and uh, uh, some other places, Norway. I've got a little Viking in me. You better watch out because... I've got a little bit of Viking in me. Norway, matter of fact, 3% Sweden, Finland, 
and Indian. You see, and I was teasing Jen because, you know, her family stayed in the Northeast, and she was excited because I got some connection in the Northeast. But, hey, our family was explorers. We left the Northeast to come here to explore in the wilderness and find out great things. You see, sometimes uh, we get short-sighted. And in New York, when they were building New York, they were trying to figure out, you know, of course then they built the cities with numbers, like, okay, this is 1st Street, this is 2nd Street, this is 3rd Street, this is 4th Street. So as they were expanding it, they were trying to figure out how big New York's going to be. So the farthest, the highest number they come up with is they felt like that, the, that 19th Street would be the border street for New York City. Their, their site was short-sighted because later, of course, many years later, uh, there actually is a 284th Street that because of their short-sightedness, it went far beyond what they thought. But it's the short-sightedness that keeps us holding back, not fully understanding, having a vision, having a, a vision to see what, what great things are ahead of us. But you see, when we have short-sightedness in the Lord, if we don't draw close to the Lord, we, we might feel like that we have arrived. We know all we need to know about God. We've got everything we need about God. We can, we can feel the power of God. We can, we can pray. We can read the Word of God. We've got understanding of the Word of God, but yet we can also be short-sighted in that because in God, I, I don't think we'll ever know everything about God until we get to heaven. But I know one thing that what God is trying to do is say, don't be short-sighted. I've got so much more in store for your life. I've got so much more victory for you. I've got so much more... Uh, things that I want to do through your life. Don't be short-sighted. Let your sights get higher. Get close to the Lord. And when you get close to the Lord, you're going to know everything about Him that we could possibly know on this earth. And greater things we'll know when we get there in heaven. You see, God is calling us to that place. And that's what He was doing to Cornelius. He was a good man. He had done a lot of things to society. They looked at him as a very, very good man, and he was. But what God was trying to say to him, even though you're a good man and your prayers have went up to heaven, uh, there's so much greater things for you. Just get close to me because I have some greater things for your life and for your family. And in this story, he led them. Cornelius probably thought he was doing enough to be right with God, but there was a hunger inside of his soul in his heart that kept driving him closer. You see, you've got to give in to the hunger and the thirst of God to get closer to the Lord. I can't force you into it. Nobody can force you. You've got to make the decision for yourself. I can teach the Word of God, but if you don't take the Word of God, it's only going to go so far. I can tell you how to get there. I can preach the Word of God. I can, t I can read it to you verbatim, uh, but, but it's in our hands for us to be able to say, God, I'm going to take another step. I'm going to go a little higher in you. I'm going to find a little more depth in my prayer. I'm going to find a little bit more depth in the, in the word of the Lord but, but Cornelius probably could have thought I've, I'm a devout man I've been there I, I've accomplished a lot of things I'm one that fears God with all my house I've influenced my family I've got us where we need to be I give alms to the people I pray always and continually and constantly and my prayers are reaching heaven 
But yet, of course, to the world, they looked at him as he has arrived as a saved soul. But the Lord was saying, I want to take you a little further. In Job 31 and 4, it says, Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? Every step that I take, he counts them. Matter of fact, he knows so much about us that he knows the hairs, he's got them numbered, the hairs on our head. He knows everything about He knows every step you take. He knows every step you took to get to church today. He knows every step you're going to take tomorrow when you go to work or when you go to the grocery store. He knows every step you take. He knows every step of victory that you take. He also knows every step of heartache. He knows every step of struggle. He knows every step that is really difficult to take. But I'm telling you here today, what the Lord is wanting you to do is take a step toward Him and let let Him touch your life and let Him show you some things that you've never experienced before. Sometimes people try to make a step toward God, but they back up. But if you just keep on walking toward the Lord, He's going to show you things that you never thought you could see in life. Amen. He knows every step that we take. He knows my ways. He counts the steps. <laughs> He's even better than the Fitbit. I count my steps every day. This watch is not as good as my old watch because this watch tells me I take about 7,000, 8,000 steps a day. My old watch told me I was taking 12,000 steps a day. I like the old watch. But God has it down. He knows the truth about the matter. He counts our steps. He knows the way. God was calling Cornelius to take some more steps toward him where he could find a clarity and closeness. God was calling him where he was, wasn't far enough. We think sometimes where we're at is far enough. Don't stop growing in God. <laughs> Don't stop growing in God. There is so much more in God than what you've ever tapped into. There's so many more miracles. There's so many more wonders of the Lord. There's so much more glory. There's so much more anointing. There's so much more power. Amen. God is, was calling Cornelius to, to come up a little higher. I'm going to show you some more things. And the good works that, that we do for others and for God is commendable. But yet there's so much more that God wants to do through our lives. And the Lord seen the life of Cornelius and he called him to take some more steps toward him. I guess we got to stop and ask the question to ourselves. Do we feel like our good works are good? That's good, if we do. Do we feel like it's enough? It's good to a certain extent, if we do. But what God is wanting us to do is not stop there, but come face to face with him. He's not going to destroy us. He is not going to deceive us. He is not going to hurt us. He's going to show us things that he wants us to see that are so much more glorious than what we've ever seen and what we've ever experienced in life. But Cornelius had that desire to take that step, and he sent some men to Joppa, and they met with Peter. Of course, Peter was having a, having a, a vision himself of, uh, uh, of reaching out to this man, and you know the story of that. But Cornelius was willing to surrender to God. That is the key to be willing to surrender it all to God. 
I think that's the reason why some have not got to where God really wants you to be because you haven't fully, fully surrendered to God. But as Peter was praying, he said, I've got a man I need you to talk to. How many of us have taken steps that you feel God will be okay with? And God is okay with it, the steps you take. But he wants you to be blessed beyond your imagination. Then God instructs us like he's doing today. Take the next steps to get closer to me. And the closer you get to God, the more clearly you will see and understand him. You see, Cornelius received God's instruction. He came to Peter and Peter, in the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, Oh, of a truth, as he finally made that connection with Peter and Cornelius, that was God's event. Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. As Peter instructed Cornelius, the Holy Ghost fell on them in his house, and they were baptized in the powerful name of Jesus. I can read the scripture here, Acts chapter 10, verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, in verse 44, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak in tongues with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. You see, we're Cornelius was at, God was taking him a little further, and I believe that what he's doing today is he's wanting to take you and me a little further than where we're at right now. And can you imagine? I don't think we can fully imagine what he's got as we continue to walk toward him. I don't think we can fully understand and comprehend in our mind and our thinking because all we can comprehend is what we see with our eyes. All we can comprehend is what we touch with our, with our touch or, or what our senses, our smell, our hearing, our, uh, our taste. That, that's all we can fully comprehend. But yet uh, in faith, there's things in that faith realm. As you step into the faith realm and receive the power of God in your life, the power of the Holy Ghost, if you have not received the Holy Ghost and spoken another tongue, don't be fearful of it. It's a powerful experience. And as you receive it, it flows out a glorious experience in God. I'm telling you, uh, there are testimonies here today that we have actually been to that point. And it didn't just happen several years ago. It still happens in our life. And even today in this service, I know that people have spoken tongues and all of a sudden the glory of God just begins to draw us just a little bit closer, just a little bit closer, but we cannot fathom in our mind, even in our thinking, the glorious things God has for us. I'm not just talking about heaven, amen. I'm talking about the here and 
now what God has for us because clarity, there's clarity and closeness with the Lord. And he's got something more for you. And he's got something more for me. And he's got something more for this church. And he's got something more for this community. Amen. God has so much greater things as we draw closer to him. Amen. Don't let the fear of you've been deceived. You've, been de- you, you, you've had struggle. You've had heartache by so many things and years that have built up. I'm here to tell you in a moment's time God can take it all away. And he can turn it into a glory experience in him if you just totally surrender to the Lord and just take that step take the step take the step this is the word of God and I've seen it happen in my own life I've seen it happen in other people's lives and I can't stop saying it because there is a God that has given a word today to all of us. Take the step and don't give up and don't quit. Don't stop. That's what God is orchestrating here today. He's orchestrating with our lives and the preaching of the word and the teaching of the word. He's orchestrating this event and he's saying, come a little closer. Come a little closer. There's clarity and closeness. And there's relationship and closeness. And God is calling us today. (laughs) Mm. He's calling us today. It's a God moment. But you have to take the steps as we stand here today in this house. Job 23 and 11. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. He knows my steps and your steps. He knows. He knows. Where are you at in God? I know we all pray. There's no doubt that we all pray. Some might pray more than others, I'm sure. I know we, we, we read the word, maybe some more than others. I know we, we love God. I don't know if we can really gauge that. We probably could, but I think we all love God. I know we do. I know we do. And the Lord has recognized the prayers. And the Lord has recognized your love for him. But he also recognizes you've just got to get some clarity of who I really am. Because the examples that you've had in life might not have been the perfect examples of who I am. Sometimes we base God's, the example of God. I know the world a lot of times does this because I I hear it as a pastor through 30 years of pastoring. I'm not going to come to the church because there's too many hypocrites there. Where do hypocrites go? 
I know that sometimes people have been bad examples. I know sometimes life brings a lot of difficult situations. But we can't get we can't get a vision of who God is by looking at humans. He's so far greater than that. If you could only draw close to him, you will see some clarity of who God really is <laughs> that you've never seen before. And you will finally get to a point where things begin to change in your life because clarity comes in closeness with Him. I'd like for us to bow our heads here today. God is speaking to all of us in this building. You've tried on your own to get where you need to be. It hasn't worked. I understand that. I've been there. But God is calling you because He loves you and because He wants to show you things you've never seen before in Him. He wants to establish your life in Him of true holiness, true happiness, true victory, true love, true hope. God's calling today. He's calling. Would you beckon His call and take the step and let God do a work in your life that you can't do? if you'll let him. I'm going to open these altars up today. Please come. The word has went out. God just wants to get closer to you. What you're going to find is you're going to crave getting closer to him. Would you come? Would you come today?